Hey guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to another faith and fun podcast. Today, I'll be honest, I'm not totally feeling the spirit of fun. Um, I heard one of the pastors say that um, when those are sad, we should mourn, and when those are rejoiceful, we should rejoice with them. And it's that mixed bitter season with all that's going on in the nation, but yet it's graduation season. We're a month away where most people tend to get married in the month of June. Um, just a lot of beautiful things going on, but a lot of hard things. And um, But I want to start today with an admonishment or a question. Uh, don't even want to get into all the layers right yet of what's going on in the nation. And I just want to get straight into it because this word is heavy on me and I was almost afraid to speak on it and that's how I definitely was the Holy Spirit because um there's a trembling in my spirit to do it right um there's an unction um to please God but and in and in the flesh there's a fear of judgment and ridicule but I'm gonna do it anyhow and so I'm coming from today I'm gonna start with my own apostle my own apostle um he has been doing a Sunday school lesson on love, the love of God. Within the lesson and several times, he has asked us to really consider what we are asked to believe as Christians. I will not give this whole large list, but he asks us many of the things that we may have been asked by non-believers without an answer to really strongly respond, not being led by the spirit or fear gripped us so much, or questions we may have asked in our private time but a little afraid to admit as a christian that we struggle with believing the virgin birth or the death and the resurrection that he could just give up the ghost when he was ready and you know there's a lot of things within the word and so again he just keep admonishing us and the biggest thing he always ends with with something strong out of the word and then he'll say but do you believe it he just keep asking us to consider throughout the lessons what we believe. Do we believe what we say? What do we do we believe what we need in order to truly follow God? And I'm going to call him by name today, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I need to be really clear because I noticed I said God a lot and Lord a lot. But just in case you're looking to this podcast and you're not sure of the God with whom I serve, his name is Jesus Christ. But today that question that my, my apostle have been asking has been ringing in my head all day. And it's been ringing in the area of, do I believe the word of God? As much as I said, I do as much as I'm doing this podcast, as much as I said to my children, as much as, much as I said to my spouse, but even then taking away the whole word of God, let's, me talk let me talk about the pieces I quote a lot or my favorite scriptures or the things I say I have staked my flag upon that I claim my victory in Christ that I believe that if you will ask me that I will say without a doubt that this is true the word of God is true I believe it I receive it I stand on it I declare it but then that small voice comes back to what he has been admonishing me but do you truly believe it? Because hmm. we say a lot of things, you know. We declare a lot of things about our faith and many other things. But my thoughts went on early childhood. 
that early, probably one of my earliest childhood memories. And it was something back in my day um, that we were mandatory that we had to do as scholars and students. We had to start the day um, in the morning, usually either your uh, homeroom as we got older or um, just the start of your day. We were younger and we stayed in one classroom. I remember doing this all the way up to 10th grade until they took prayer out of school. And that was the Pledge of Allegiance. We had to start our day each day, and I and I wish I can quote the whole thing, but in the fear of embarrassing myself and and, and talking about how many years I had to say it, um, I don't want to do the whole thing, but I want to address one piece. We used to have our hands over our little hearts, and we would say, "One nation under God, <laughs> one nation under God," and the tears. Mm, can't hold them back, so I'm going to let them fall. One nation under God. Many of you who are probably listening to this podcast can recall that mandatory stance you had to take in class with your heart full of dreams and the expectations of this life and everybody in your classroom and your mind was equal, be it black or white. We six and sit in the class mixed up, especially in elementary school. I, I can't recall in elementary school or class where all kids of one color was on this side and another kid. No, we were a rainbow. And we stood together saying, one nation, under God. And I know many of us was made to say it. Many of us hated to do it. But as you stood there and as you look back with your hand on your heart, one nation under God, did you believe it? Was it wrecking? Was it was it adding? Was it staring in your soul? One nation under God, huh? One nation under God. One nation under God. One nation under God and I just keep saying it because I recall never questioning having to say it you know I recall never thinking twice sometimes didn't want to do it maybe because of embarrassment maybe because my hair wasn't done but never so much really questioned the words that I was asked to say. (laughs) Being obedient to what I was told to do. So what if I told you who are believers and who are Christian that the word says God's, matter of fact, my Bible titled this area, God's own people. And I'm reading from the King James, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. And my Bible says, but ye are I'm talking to the Christians now, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have attained mercy. Okay, so the priesthood of the believer and his unique relationship to God are described here. It says we are chosen, royal, holy. So us in the New Testament, we stand in a very unique relationship with Christ. But do you believe it? Every believer has the privilege and the responsibility of direct access to God. Priesthood becomes the birthright of every Christian. Priesthood becomes the birthright of every Christian. Do you believe that? You know... The word declares so much about our lives. You know, the, the word declares and tell us because in times like this, if you are a Christian, then this is where you should be trying to find your answers to the things in this world because it's dark and it's ugly. And if we keep listening to the commentation on CNN and if we keep talking amongst our peers and if we let our tears be our meat, it's going to be hard without the word of God. So I'm coming strong today with the word of God. With the tears streaming down my face because I know that I know that I know. But the word tells us here, it says, and it's speaking on trials and temptations. It says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. Oh, we were living in the, the last days. Wherein ye greatly rejoice through now for a season, and need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perished, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ. So we're being tried right now. We're being tried right now. But so my question would be, do you believe that we're a priesthood? Do you believe that our faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise, but listen to this, and honor and glory at the appearance because for us who love God and for us who are walking this thing out we are looking for the return of Christ because if our hope is only in this world we are the most miserable which leads me to ask <sighs> do you believe that we're one nation under God. Do you believe that we're one nation under God? What if I told you the Holy Spirit and God's word says it's only two races? Uh huh. So this is where it gets heavy on me. The word of God says it's only two races. To race, R-A-C-E-S, not racist, because I've been hearing that word thrown around a lot, um, but to race, 
R-A-C-E-S, too. I know my accent can get heavy and my tongue can get a little heavy. And now that I'm a little heavy, I'm sure my words are coming across a little merged together. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, I say that he that can hear, let him hear what thus said the Lord. So, again, King James, 2 Corinthians, chapter 2, verses 14. I'm going to read down to 17. It says, and the the title of my Bible said triumphant in Christ. So I'm starting at 14 now. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and making manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet Savior, Christians, of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the Savior of death, unto death. And that's S-A-V-O-R, like smell. It's a fragrance, okay? And to the other, the fragrance of life, unto life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Speak I in Christ. So let me tell you, just in case you miss the two races here it says that this was used um paul used this as an example of how a lot of um generals will walk into war he will always say that he's walking into a war with two groups them that are saved and them that will perish see when god died on the cross for us it was a mighty display of his infinite power and that he was sovereign. And the human race at that time was divided in two categories. Those of life unto life and those who are death unto death. And you're saying, what, what did that mean? It's mean either you believe or you don't believe. There are those that would die and live no more. And there are those who would die that will be raised unto everlasting to everlasting. And I know you're saying, okay, so you're saying either we're in or we out. Yes. Either you're in or you're out. As Moses said to them, who's on the Lord's side? And I know many of you are saying, but when you look in the mirror, how do you see yourself? <clears throat> do you see yourself only as God sees you? Let me be honest. I can't help but to see the woman the world sees. Who is a black woman in America. Yeah, I see her. I know the hate she will face. I know the chips that are stacked against her. But I choose life. And I choose life in Christ. And it's not brainwashed, my friends. It's the truth of the living God. That I choose him, it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So I stand on the word of God, not confounded, not bamboozled, not run amok, because loving God and knowing God is freedom. See, I will not be conformed to this world. This is not my home. See, there is a better home for me. There is a better home for all of us. So reason why we feel so uncomfortable in this nation, the one nation as opposed to being a God. Because God is the creator. But this nation was never truly built on the word of God, as they say. 
You can't have a state rule in the word of God. You can't mix flesh with spirit. Either we reign by the spirit or we not. But let me tell you, I will not be conformed to this world. I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I may prove what is that is good and acceptable and perfect will of my God. That's the state I choose to be in. So with the tears streaming down my eyes and the heart that's in my heart for all the images that I see on TV. But this is what I say to that. And not only so, but we glory in this tribulation. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not a shame I'm not ashamed of my hope because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us for those who believe he is the way no matter what it looks like today and I ain't trying to run but no matter what it looks like today he is still the way So I'll leave you with, do you believe it? There is two races. Those who believe and those who don't. That's it. Those who believe and those those who don't. God is looking for those who are covered in his blood. When this nation goes up in smoke, as my apostle like to say, when this world goes to hell, burning in fire only two races would matter those who believe and those who don't so I need for you to know that I'm not blind I got a beautiful 20 year old black boy yeah you would say he's a man but he's still my boy he is my firstborn. he is who I brought home from the hospital And every day when he tell me he's walking to work, I'm in prayer. I'm scared that one of these days he may not make you back. And as a Christian, I should not live in fear. So every day I got to cast that down. I'm married to a 6'3 black man, big, strong, tall, hands the size of baseball mitts. Who love to wear his do-rag and lean back in the Cadillac that's legal that we work hard for and pay and never been laid on a payment. But I'm scared when he goes down the street because it's full of sheriffs. So I'm praying. He's not here right now. He's just running to the grocery store with my son and I'm praying every time he leaves the door. So please know I'm not blind. My seven-year-old asked me last night, is it the races again? A boy, I'm trying to raise up all my children in the emanation of God. And he want to know, do God see us? I said, yes. He said, mom, is it okay for me to go to sleep? Because is the war coming here? So I live in this world, but I'm not of it. And I declare that my God is greater than all of it. So please know I'm not deaf, blind, nor dumb. But the scales that have removed, removed from my eyes see greater than he, than he that's in this world. That's who I see. That's who my eyes are fixed upon. 
So forgive me for the sniffles. But I will not apologize for my tears. Because I know there's many mourning. But I need for us as Christians to come together. And stand like never before. I'm not asking you to be ignorant. I'm not asking you to be blind. But I'm asking you to be who you say you are. To be who you say and be what you say you believe in. Thank you. Good day.